Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome to Just a Sip. I'm your host, Justin Sylvester. This week, uh, you're in for a treat. I love sitting here with friends and just having real conversations about real things. And this week is no different. Joining me is author, psychoanalyst, I'm gonna call him because he's gonna analyze my ass to death, TV personality, TV host, and all around amazing guy, Karamo Brown. I'm here, I am here. We have a lot to talk about today. We do, I'm so excited. I wasn't gonna start with the money, but let's talk about the money and the mantle. Yeah. For you guys who don't know, Mantle is a skincare company Karamo started last March. And, you know, a bitch likes to go to Nordstrom. And who the f I see the minute I walked in was that Mantle, huge display. Congratulations. What did you feel you. like to be in such like an iconic department store? It's mind blowing because, you know, we've talked about this over dinner and stuff like where we grew up and how we grew up these things weren't like what we readily saw. You know, we both have friends now in this Hollywood world where they're used to this. Their mother or their father or their sister, or their brother has had lines and has done this. But that wasn't something that I saw in my neighborhood growing up. And so to be able to have it now is um, it's mind blowing. I feel really great to have a business that's employing, a, bl a black owned business that's employing people, that's doing well. You know, we launched during the pandemic and I really thought like, oh my gosh, we this is the company's going to tank and we actually yeah. thrived you know we actually beyonce shot us out we got into nordstrom's we've been making all these lists we're about to come out with the second product line soon i mean it just feels really good i'm just really proud everyone go check out mantle it's not just for men who are balding it's a great skincare routine um we have the first clear spf which is probably amazing that smells awesome so and you know i think people were around with their skincare routine this quarantine like people had time to get their lives together to make themselves feel good especially without breaking the bank and i feel like that's what mantle is it's great skincare look, look at me trying to become a spokesperson okay <laughs> it's great skincare for a good price like i mix my mantle with my lamare i'm i'm being dead serious yeah i appreciate that yeah i thank you listen you can be a spokesperson and a model for us anytime i will cut I that check this is where the money resides right here okay also you know one of these things is like yeah it, it is really good and i think people have gotten their skincare routine together and it feels nice to be offered something now to that routine and helping people to put their self first on their priority list because i think a lot of time we say we put ourselves first but in practice job comes first career comes first spouse comes first you do a really good job of getting your massages your facials because you're like this is me time playing your tennis and i think more people need to follow that 
Oh, it's it's so true. More people really need to find that one thing or two things a week where they can go, you know, leave their phone at the house and just can relax and don't even worry about putting it on the gram. I tell people all the time, you only see half my life. There are times in my life where I tell myself, because I used to be one of those where I was like, I got to get the cutest picture to show people that I'm playing tennis every Tuesday and Thursday. And it's like, no, just focus on being present and being there and being there for you. Yes, agreed. 100%. Is the jam. Um, yeah. A lot of, you know, we never really talked about your baldness. You know, I think a man yeah. who can rock a bald head can get it any day of the week. But <laughs> for black men, hair, the hair experience yeah. is such a personal and empowering thing. What mm -hmm. was it like to you when you first realized that you were going bald? Um, I, I felt depressed. I felt sad. I felt anxiety ridden. Um, I felt isolated. Um, and these are just a few of the emotions, you know, like of me grieving what me losing my hair. And it's because every message we have in society tells men, especially, but also women, you know, that if you're losing your hair, or if your hair is thinning, that you're now no longer attractive, you're no longer going to have the life you want. That's the messaging. And for my company, Mantle, I not it's not only the skincare line, but we also have this community that I've built that's like supporting your mental health and saying, hey, let's build you back up because something that's naturally happening can never be bad. This is authentically yeah. who you are and you have to love it. But you know, like I started to grieve my hair because like in the black community going to like the barbershop was big for me. <laughs> like getting my, my $10, $15 now, last time I went, it was like $30. Like, you know, it's I remember- It's going up. It's going up, you know? Um, I remember that was such an experience of being in there the camaraderie that I had with other black men in there. And then as I started to identify as gay and I started to feel openly identify as gay, I started to feel nervous about going. And then I released that fair. And then here came the balding. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I'm missing. I feel, I feel like I'm disconnected. And, um, yeah. and so, but you know, now I embrace it. I love it. I just love every part of anything that's happening to my body, my face, my head. I love it. You know, I've, I've come to a place because especially being here in Hollywood, you know this, everybody mm -hmm. wants to look younger. We're a youth obsessed culture. I think our country's youth obsessed. And now I appreciate aging. Like I appreciate the fact that I just turned 40. I look forward to 41. I look forward to 50. I look forward to 70. I yeah. think it's sexy to age. And I think that we should really start changing the narrative about aging and what naturally comes with aging. I totally agree. And it's mm -hmm. so funny because I went back and watched season one of Queer Eye. And to see you embrace it, there's a time between season one and season two where I feel like you fully embraced. Oh, I had to. But I told you this personally, where like I would be, I'd you know be driving, and like my hairline would be on the top of the car. <laughs> you know, we hit we hit a bump, and it'd be like, oh, girl, they're going hairline. Like it was just a mess. You know, it was because I, I drew it on. You know, that was one of the things that I could do for myself. You know, black community we call it Beijing. Um, I was drawing it on, so it could be like. Fuller, and I was like, what am I doing this for? You know, and it's funny when you could be in a position of helping people to live their authentic life and there'd be one part of your life that you're not living authentically. And that's what happened is where I said enough is enough. I can't truly be helping people if I'm scared to help myself. It felt it felt good when I took it off for the first time. I was scared. You know, I was I didn't want the bumps. I didn't want any. You know, I didn't know how my head looked, but it, it worked out. And I, I love, love my bald head. I love that. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we need to talk about is my uncle Mari. Yes. What was your, cause you know, we used to skip school. So my <laughs> skip school schedule 
was I would let my mom leave at 7.30 after I lied and said I had a stomach ache. I would bring my ass back to bed at 8. Wake up for 10 so I can catch Mari. Then, you know, the first rerun from yesterday. And then I would roll into Young and the Restless at 11. Amen. By a hot pocket that would then lead into Jenny Jams. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. You need a little bit of Game Boy. The only difference between mine is that it was all my children for me. I didn't, yeah. that was mine. Yeah. And then yeah, right Jenny Jones. Yes. And then before, because, you know, at some point you had to get deep and you had yeah. to go to Montel, but that was, that was high school. Montel was high school. <laughs> but then you would circle back for the new Mari. Because yeah. the new Mari would come on at four o'clock. Yeah. I'm looking at you now and you're helping people on Mari Povich. What's it like yeah. for you to go from watching it to being a part of it? It's funny because sometimes when I'm there, so like recently I've had the opportunity to um, help Maury and his guests like confront their issues. So go a little bit deeper. And really how it came out was that I love Maury. Like you just said, we're fans. And I was like, we didn't go a little bit deeper. Like we need to really confront. Like it's like, okay, you got the news. This child's not yours. You got the news. This person's cheating on you. You got this news. But like now what do you do with it? How do you heal from it? How do you confront it? How do you make it better? And um, luckily, Maury was like, yo, come on the show. Please help my guest. I need this support. Um, I was like honored because I'm a big fan. And so it's been working. And it's crazy when I'm there in the moment. Like, I get caught up. I'd be like, oh, girl. I'd be like, I I saw that on the episode. I saw that on the episode. You were like, ooh, wait, you caught him with two women in the car? I I, I get caught up. I'd be like, girl, really? Two? Like, because it's so good for the drama. But then I had to click myself back into being like, okay, now you hear it. You're caught up in it. But at the end of the day, these are real lives. And I think sometimes we forget that when we're watching celebrities, when we're watching, you know, daytime talk. We forget these are real people because they're putting their lives out there for us to watch. And most of us are so secretive or private that we would never do that. So it's you in our minds, we sort of like take away a bit of their humanity. And for me, it's like, let's bring back the humanity here. Okay, yes, he just did a black flip that he's not the child. <laughs> you probably would do, the, you would do the same if you weren't the father and you weren't ready for that responsibility. But then okay. the day... Now there's a woman that's going to be grieving the fact that her child doesn't have a father and there's going to be a child grieving the fact that they don't know what they're doing. And how do you process that? And that's the realness because that little kid could end up being in your neighborhood and is now going to be questioning life, maybe making choices that aren't the best because, you know, we took away the humanity of it. And so I'm just happy that Maury is allowing me to come there, still have fun with his guests, but also to confront those issues a little bit deeper. I mean, let's be real. Like, you are a qualified candidate to help people. Thank Not you. only do you do this for work, but you also had your own Mari moment. I tell people this all the time. My life is a Mari episode. From the girl popping up, being like, you are the father, adopting another kid, drug, cheating. I mean, <laughs> daddy issues. Baby, they didn't need to have the, the, the next season of Mari just needs to be me on there every week with a different person from my my past or my life. And it was, but that, but to be honest with you, and I'm glad you said that, it allows his guests when I come in there to know that I'm not judging them. Because like some people come to these shows and, and a lot of the, the guests on his show are black folks. And yeah. like, you know what I mean? For me, I'm like, I'm not judging you. Like I came from the hood. I got family members that are country. I got family members that are hood. I know what the love, I know the resiliency, I know everything that comes with your experiences. And I also know that 
life was going to throw you challenges immediately and you're going to respond based on what you've experienced and what you know. And so I'm not going to judge what you know. I'm going to help you know more so that you can be even better. And I think that's what really gives me even a better understanding um, to really support his guests. Oh, for sure. There's no shame involved either. None. You've been through some and you're like, oh, I've, I've done it. There's not this like, because I feel like, and I love Maury to death, but you know, like being <laughs> a black guy going on there and having Maury, who's so well put together and who's had, you know, who's married and you know, has been with Connie and, you know, mm -hmm. to have a white man say, you are not the father. You know, it just, there is like a level of, I would feel a little bit of shame and a little bit of judgment going on that platform because I feel like Maury hadn't been through some of the that I've been through. Yeah. But now that he has this added piece, it just feels more full circle. Yeah, it, it feels really nice. One of the things I do respect about Maury is that he's so great because he's, I, I've seen him in the time that I've been working with him, go backstage and really talk to the guests with such love and empathy. And- yeah, and people don't see that. And that's the thing, because he gets out there and he does his job. And I'm like, wow, he connects and he really like embraces. And that's one of the reasons that he was so open to me coming on and being there to support him. And so it's just been a great journey. You know, I just, I love more and I love that I'm helping this family. And it's a childhood dream, like to be on the show that we used to watch every okay. single day. Now okay. I'm helping his guests. So it's good, you know. But don't play me. Yeah. Because I know what's happening. What? I watch Oprah. What? I told him Dr. Phil would go on. <laughs> I no, 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 no. Don't play me. Do not play me. I'm on a talk show. I know what's going on. Because what happens is, you know, if you know the Oprah School of Talk Show, you know, I'm going to have you on, see how my audience reacts to you. Then I'm going to have you on another time. And then I'm going to just make you permanent for once a month. And then a year in, I'm going to say, yo, I'm going to Dr. Phil you and throw you on this other channel if we don't produce this together. Listen, listen. what's happening? Listen, if Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. And I would be open to the idea. My, You know, we, we're in this business together and obviously any platform we can go on to support. But right now, you know, my only focus is Queer Eye and then having these fun opportunities to go on the show. But listen, from your lips to God's ears, you you make it happen, okay? You got you got some power, brother. You make it happen. You make it happen. You know what's interesting? It's like, yeah. we're human, you know? Yeah. And anytime you grow up with somebody or you're on the same show with people, you know, there are times where I look at my two co-hosts and I'm like, you guys have it all. Like, you're married. You got, you know, kids. Like, I'm sitting here single, like, you know, super single. Yeah. And you guys have all these opportunities and sometimes no one knows, you know, what space we belong in, but you're on a show with five other men. And I saw a lot of the opportunities roll out for those people before. Were you feeling a certain type of way that your co-stars were getting opportunities before they were coming to you? Um, no, because, you know, first of all, I'm a big believer comparison is the thief of joy. So I don't compare myself or my journey to anyone else. I focus on what blessings God has given me. And I also applaud other people for what they have. And we all have different opportunities because we all want our careers to go in different ways. And so I think people forget that, like certain people don't want to be an actor. Certain people don't want to be a host long-term. Certain people don't want to. And so you gear your career and your opportunities towards what you want. And so I think people sometimes think, cause we're all on a, basically in a boy, an aging boy band that we all want the same thing. We all want 
whatever career comes next. And the thing is that we all want something different. So I love the fact that they've had opportunities and the same thing. They applaud me. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. stay on, I stay on daytime TV. I do respect what you're saying about like, you know, sometimes you can start to feel as if like, do people see my value, see my worth? Do they understand yes. the lane that I'm in? And the thing is what I know to be true and what you know to be true is that they do see it. And when they don't have it, they realize how void they are of our experiences and our talent and our and everything. And Hollywood has always been slow on the uptake of understanding the importance of inclusion, importance of other stories. But slowly but surely, as we start to become the leaders in this industry, we're opening doors and changing things. And I think that's the beauty of what's happening right now, that I do hope for a day where you see a bunch of you know, Nina Parker's and, and yeah. Justin's, you know what I mean? Like where there's not just two, you know what I mean? Like I, sure. I think there's a day that that is going to be coming and this is not to, you know, uh, poop on E or anything of that nature um, because they're doing a great job of including the two names I just named are from that network. But we look at other ones when those networks don't have that. And sure. I, I think that it's going to get better I think we'll be, you know, 60 year old and we're going to be looking back, you and I, we're going to be like, look at this, look at all our babies, look at, look at all, <laughs> look at all 10 of them running shows, look at all of them, look at all 10 of them, you made 20 of them, look at all, you know what I mean? You know, I, I thought for the longest time, and I keep on saying this, I have a weird feeling, I can feel it, I think it's going to come, I'm going to put it into fruition, that you are going to be the first gay bachelor on ABC. That will not be happening. Would you not do it? No, I joked about that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Um, I wouldn't do that just because for me being 40 now, dating is such an intimate thing. Like, to be very honest with you, you know, I know we joke a lot, but like I was in a place where I was ready to get married and I'm still in that place. I just broke no. up with the man I was with, but I wake up every day and I, I, I literally yearn. I'm that, I'm that guy who wants marriage. I want full-term commitment. I want to get more kids. You know, I didn't have the opportunity to have my son when he was a baby. I got him when yeah. he was 10. I want a little baby. And now I have the financial resources. I have security in my life. Like I could do it. I actually want twin girls. I think they'd be so cute. I'd spoil them. Oh, um, And so for me, um, like I couldn't go on The Bachelor because I don't know if everyone would come there with the intentions. Of course, they say they are. Yes. So, you know, you just never really can tell because it's still a reality show. And I need to know whoever I'm dating is that we're we're on the same page because like truth be told, and you'll you'll hear this first by 2020, 2023, I I gotta be married. I wanna be married. Yeah, Yo. I wanna be married. You know, it's so interesting because you know, you were with your fiance for a long time. Yeah. And you had your first run of fame in, in the real world. You had a good run. I read that book. It was popping for you. You know, the draws were coming left and right and you were getting opportunities. But now with this social media landscape, how do you decipher when somebody is there for you or for the crowd? You you really don't know. And um, also the dating world has changed in the past 10 years since I was originally in it. And I think I think that also plays into it. You know what I mean? Like people will make you think all type of things about yourself and you'll have to really back up and be like, hold on, I know better, you know, and like really it's 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 a weird time, and so 
I, I'm, I, I am a Christian. And, you know, sometimes people are like, what? How could he be gay and Christian? And it's just my faith. I believe that God is all love. And I, you're saying I know. And I believe that, you know, as long as I keep my faith that and keep my morals and keep my ethics, that I will be able to weed out anyone who whose intentions aren't right, because my intentions are good. And if something can't be right, I'm not going to mess it up by doing wrong. And so yes. I will always step away and then come back when it could be right, if that makes sense, because that's me. And I'm hoping other people have those same intentions for me because I do want I do want a family. I, I really do. I mean, like, literally, I pray on it all the time. I, I have a house right now and I just saw my dream house that I really want. And I just was looking at it like literally I can show it to you real quick because this is Where how is it? This is yeah. much. It's in L.A. I literally called a realtor and was like. Hey, like I want to get a tour. And I was like, listen, I will put down the money for this house right now because I was like, this is the house I want to raise my daughters in. Like, this is the house I see my twin daughters running around in. And <laughs> just, let me go. I'm gonna meet you at the house. Okay. <laughs> I'm about to pack all my plants and I'm about to get my <laughs> and I'm about to meet you at that damn house. And I'm just gonna be up Caramo for the rest of my life. Bless <laughs> be the fruit. I'm never gonna leave. If I was six, what? What what do you what do you six, six, two, and half, six, two, and six two and a half? Yeah. Brawny man, ball head, look good looking, 17 jobs, you know, and fresh on the scene, because you've been out of the scene for 10 years. I swear to you, it would be Passover. I would be taking everybody's firstborns. This because I could with this wingspan of yours. And like it's so interesting that you still want like not that you want all of these things that you always wanted but i thought maybe you would want to take more advantage of being no. Corona, man. no no i had my whole days in my 20s and i loved my whole days and don't get me wrong like I, I you know there's covid going on so there's you can't have the fun there's no clubs and anything you know whatever if i could find someone right now and start the process and start and you know have the life that's that's just it you know what i mean like you don't you when you when you i just turned 40 i know like that's the beauty of aging which i love is that you get clearer i don't have time to play i know what i want but you can't get too clear with your intentions with somebody because people often attach those intentions and they don't truly mean it. Like they hear what you want to, they say what you want to hear and they start to use that in order to get into your space. Uh -huh. And then all of a sudden you end up with two kids, you know, and a man who doesn't truly share the same visions as you. Um, so as much as I'm saying, speak it out into the universe, I know there are, I, I know people, they text me all the time. You know, Karamo, can you hook a brother up? And I'm like, no, he doesn't. You're not looking for the same things. Like, I get scared because you're so genuine and so nice that I'm like, don't say it too loud because people might be listening and, and we'll use dark. that against you. You know yeah. what I mean? I also have a good discernment of people. I, I have a pretty good discernment. You know, like, I got this job on Queer Eye and I'm over there helping folks on Mori for a reason. It's because I can catch people. Like, I'm pretty big on body language. I also am good on, and this is something that people should just do in their natural relationships, is take baselines. Like, ask a question today and ask the same question in two weeks and see what the same answer you get. Because a lot Ooh. of times, this is what people forget. Liars have the worst memories. 
Unless they're pathological where they're just so used to lying. But most people aren't pathological. Most people in early relationships are trying to impress. So ask them a question today and then wait two weeks and ask them the same question and see if you get the same answer. And don't lead into it being like, oh, you remember when I talked about this last week? Because you're going to give them a chance to jog their memory. You're right. You remember two weeks? Hey, what do you think about this? And you'll start to see their true intentions. And, you know, like, I do it on Queer all the time. I ask the people the same question four or five times. And they don't even realize that it's the same question. And it really helps me to figure out what they're really feeling and what they're experiencing, which is why I'm able to get them to, like, open up emotionally so quickly. Because I'm like, oh, no, you answered this three times the same. So that's your trigger. That's what your, as your trauma is. Yeah. So let me focus on that. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You see, I'm going to admit something. I used to be the, I'm going to please you and tell you what you want to hear. And it wasn't out of, like, it wasn't to get, like, one up. I just wanted to be loved. And I just wanted to feel that from somebody. So I think sometimes people do it and they don't even realize that they're doing it. It's just, like, a second, it's second nature to say, yeah. oh, yeah, I want the same things too. Oh, yeah, oh, you want a baby alligator, bitch? I want a baby alligator. Like, yeah. you, know, you just... You just get caught yeah. up in the moment. Yeah. I think that's really big, especially for you. I, I don't think I've ever heard someone talk about their vulnerability and the, uh, the the reason that it came out a certain way is because they just wanted to be loved in such a clear and authentic way. That's really big because I think what you just said is going to help a lot of people realize their actions. And and that is true. That that that's A lot of people aren't malicious in what they're doing. They are just in a space where they're just like, I, I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose the love. And you have to be careful with that because you can get caught up caught up in that very quickly. And really what happens in that case, which you used to experience, which I've experienced before, is that's trauma bonding. You're bonding yeah. your trauma with someone else. This lack of love, this desire to be wanted, this, this, um, this abandonment, isolation, those are the things that really it trickles down to. And you find someone who's going to say, oh my gosh, you want everything I want? That's yeah. great. Now, I don't feel so alone. And people trauma bond over things like that. And so it's watching things like that, which I've gotten good at. Um, and I wish more people could really just watch that. And they wouldn't be in the situation yeah. right now. Yeah. Trauma bonding. It's a thing. That's some real Real, real. You'll get into a relationship all over. You think it's because of, you know, whatever. You think it's because of, you know, we, we love each other, we get each other. But really what you're getting is that they are not judging the fact that you have been hurt because they've been hurt in the same way. And now you're just going to end up start hurting each other if you're not healing each other. Ooh. Truth. People do it all the time. Right. I'm too old for that. I, I don't want to bond with you over no trauma. I'm not going to bond with you over no trauma. Oh, you went through that? Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Have you gotten therapy? You go work through that. Oh, my gosh. And I will be right here when you do because I don't need to bond over this trauma. I don't need to be like, oh, my gosh, my daddy did that to me, too. No, I don't. I need to be like, you know what? I went to therapy and my daddy did this and I healed from it. 
100%. You know, I'm done with people saying, I want to see how much money you have in your bank account. No, no. I want to see the receipts from your therapist appointments. And I also want to see your credit score. That's the two things I want to see when I meet somebody. Baby, baby, baby. You want to see mine real quick? So you can just Let me see your FICO. What's that FICO out? That fight was probably about eight, eight forty, eight fifty. You know, eight fifty. I'm just saying. I'm an eight fifty four. I'm an eight fifty four. Yeah, I'm just saying. Let's listen. This is good credit, okay? <laughs> People know this is how black. This is how black men do it in 2021. Y'all keep playing the game. We got the best oh. credit scores. We doing what we got to do, okay? My, my girlfriends who are running around talking about my man. I want man to buy me a Birkin. I'm like, no, you don't want that. Like, I, I, I want a 45. Like, I want a tan 45 with gold hardware. But I'm not going to waste my money on that jumping out of a Honda Civic. Like, you know, just buy me. Like, give me some stuff. Give me a money yeah. mutual account so I can play, you know, Robin Hood with. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's what I want yes, for my moment. Yes, that's good. Oof. I'm telling you right now, if I ever, ever have a child, all I want is a gray 45 with the baby liner in it so I can just double it as my diaper bag. Got it. And you want it gray. I wanted the same color gray as the Tesla Y I need for my push present. Got it. The Tesla and the Birkin need to be the same color. Boom. Hey, you got that? I'm making sure my assistant's taking notes. I'm making sure my assistant's taking notes. You got that? I just hate that you want two girls. I hate that you want two girls. I've already had boys. Let me tell you something. Boys are tired and trifling, okay? So don't do it to yourself, all right? Don't. Your son is so funny. By the way, where did he get the Instagram name from? <laughs> no, I love my son. My, my, my oldest is hilarious, and is, I'm just so proud of the man he's become right now. He just turned 24. Um, but his Instagram name is, is Rachel Sideburns which is ironically, he goes by Rachel sometimes because in school there was a girl whose name was Rachel and she had thick sideburns and people used to make fun of her. And so he started an account to honor her and that she was part of and she loved it. She was like, oh my gosh, like, thank you. And he flipped the bullying she was getting to be like, no, this is it. And then the other girls in the school started growing out their sideburns because it now became like the cool guy said it was beautiful. So then all the other girls was like, oh, I want to. And so she stopped getting bullied. And so people used to be like, hey, Rachel Sideburns because of the Instagram name. And oh my so now God. it just has stuck over these years where he's like, <laughs> people are like, hey, Rachel. And I'm like, in public, I'm like, oh, yeah, Rachel. When we did our children's book together, he literally was like, put Rachel on there. That was his <laughs> this was his doing, not mine, not the publishers. It was literally his. You guys. I'm dying over here. But, but I've been through boys, and little girls are better. I'm just telling you, women women should be running this world. Women are better in every way. Not to be a traitor to my gender, but I do think maybe it's because I'm a gay man. I'm predispositioned to think this way, but women are I better. Know, but I don't, don't you people. get scared? Like this, shit women have to go through. Like you know, before I was, I knew who I was. Before I knew I was a gay man. There was a long time, you know, watching in Vogue videos. I thought, you know, I'm supposed to be a woman. I think I'm supposed to be a woman. And then over the time, you realize, no, you're a gay man. You like other men, but you enjoy being a man. And it's so crazy because when you look back, you know, at how I grew up and how my sister grew up and you talk to these women, you know, during the Me Too movement, I feel like being a woman is so tough and to raise a daughter would be so daunting and scary although i still want two daughters weirdly enough because i want two daughters 
I've always wanted two daughters. Don't play with friend, me. When I tell you, my friend Aaron Rosenberg will die when he hears this oh. conversation because I I tried so hard for him to have a daughter so I could just you know be that she's my girl. Oh, she's that's my, amazing. That's amazing. She's my girl. We're gonna have to talk about that more in detail. We're gonna have to talk for about sure. That but I, I will tell you this. You to, to like it, raise it, girls? It doesn't scare me. What it does is it propels me to work harder to make sure that systemically women are treated better in our country, have the equal opportunities. And I think that's what needs to happen as men. You know, like when we saw that hashtag girl dad movement, I think that was a beginning of saying to men, make this world better for all the women in our world. You know, true allyship, whether you're, it's being an ally as a white person for black people, being straight for the LGBT community, being men for women, is that it's our job to like, we're, if we're in a space and we know that our female counterpart is getting less than us, we need to be the ones to speak up and say, no, 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 that's not right. No, 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 yeah. stop it. Like, you know, we've seen this in Hollywood recently. And then that way it then becomes where we don't have to all be speaking up. It just becomes the norm. And so I think about the world my girls will live in one day. I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic because I know the work that I'm gonna do. I know the work that you're doing as a man. I know the work the, that other men are doing. And also I know how strong and resilient women are. And, you know, and I don't think that, you know, I always say when people are like, you're acting like uh, the P word, I'm like, the P word is the strongest thing ever. Okay. Like, Ooh, have you seen, playing. okay. Ha have you seen the only organ who creates a child? Okay. Creates a child, opens up, can spit. And then you want to say you're, oh, you're acting like a P word. That, and that means weak. Y'all men have it all screwed up. You're acting like a penis yeah. because one little, one little flick to somebody pee pee, they're going to be in a corner crying. <laughs> Just this. And they're like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah. So, I, so I, I'm optimistic for my daughters because of the world I know I'm trying to create for them. And also because I know that it's going to be strong. They're going to be strong. Yeah. They're going to have just a natural resiliency within them. And I'm going to do everything in my power to just make sure that they have the best opportunities in life they can. You know what I mean? Ooh, those girls are going to manipulate you. I can already oh, feel it. Oh, this is the thing. With my sons, I had to be the strict dad. And I hated it. Because I was a single parent, so I had to be strict, and everything had to be regimen, and I had to be the one to be like homework, bed, hold no, on. hold on, I hold on. Wait I know where this is going. I, I know exactly where this is going, and you think I'm going to be the strict parent? Yeah, you'd have to be. Oh. You're going. You're going to have to be. No, but I listen, never. It's organically in you. Listen, it's organically. I'm telling you, I've watched you out before. I've seen you with on Instagram with your friends' kids. You organically are like, no, 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 come here, baby. No, 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 this is how you do it right. You're going to be over there. I'm going to be the one that be like, baby, just take the phone and take as many photos. You're going to be like, no, this is how the photo need to be. I'm not, I'm not taking on that. I'm not going to be. <laughs> yes, you are. Never... yes, you are. Yes, you are. I can 100% tell you, yes, you are. Yes, you are. And you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy it. Oh, my God. The last thing I have to tell you guys, I'm going to remind you, I know this is not on the docket, but Karamo, the book, the audio book. Yeah. The audio book. It's an audio book for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for me, it's hearing the twinge. Like, there's a moment where, like, you're, like, embarrassed to talk about, like, your past and all this you done but there's like a like there's like a a little like excitement that comes back at the same time oh they're all like, you know what they're i mean like because you live through some but you're not embarrassed to talk about it you know that's one of the things about growth which i think is so interesting is that sometimes we tell people to be ashamed of their past 
or if you've grown through your past, like you can no longer um, relish in the fun of those darker moments. And I think that it, to take a dark moment and like to fully remove it, yes, there's healing there, but to, there, there's a reason you did it a lot of times. And, and again, this is, I, I'm prefacing this with, I'm not talking about if there was something that turned traumatic, like sexual abuse or drugs, but like some of the things that we make stupid choices as kids, like I remember being a thief and like, you know, I talk about in my book and my memoir of like the desire to be seen and feeling yeah. the, feeling like if I could get caught from being, from stealing from these department stores, then finally I'd be seen. And even though it was yeah. negative attention I was seeking, I, it was still attention I was seeking. And though that was bad and I would never do it again now, I understand. I do sometimes think back, that was like, that was so exhilarating. Again, not yeah. to encourage anyone to do that. But what I try to do is I try to not make the, the challenging moments of my life so dark that I can't continue to go back to them and pull from them to gain strength to be better today. And I think sure. when you make them so dark, you don't want to go back there to pull strength from it, where I'm like, okay, yes, lesson learned, but I can pull from this. So if I'm ever in a situation where I'm like, I could get over, I'm like, you know what? Let's be better. Let's be a better man than this. And I go back to those moments of like, yes, it was fun, but was it really what I need to be doing at the moment? And uh, that's why you sometimes hear that little twinge in my voice. Oh, just bringing it back. I think a lot of people do a lot of things and we're seeing it now on social media and they're doing it and they're acting out for attention. And I think a lot of times it's going to come back to haunt them. And it's, yeah. it's kind of crazy that we, like the things that we did back in the 90s that nobody will ever see on videotape, you know, the mistakes that we made, yeah. people are doing them now on their cameras and posting it for people to see it. Yeah, again, it's that negative attention. And we have to look at that as, you know, I think this Free Britney film that we all watched and were horrified mm -hmm. by because we were all there and participated unconsciously in sort of this this bullying of this young woman. And like, when you look back at it and you see these other clips coming with David Letterman and Lindsay Lohan and all these other things, you think to yourself, why was I so complacent in allowing that to happen? And I think we're going to reflect back on this moment years later and say, why were we so complacent in letting people destroy themselves on social media in front of us? Why wasn't there more um, checks and balances? Why didn't we stop that? Why didn't we say, you know, this is not okay? Because again, like you addressed, if the things that we did in the 90s that weren't out there were ever seen, someone would have snatched us up and said, enough is enough, do better. And yet now we've come to a place where we are so comfortable with seeing people do things that we know are not okay, that we know is damaging to their physical or mental health, yet we're not stopping it. And I think this is a moment that we should start reflecting. So therefore, it doesn't have to be 15 years later in a documentary that's going to remind us of how bad we were in this moment. We can do it ourselves. We can self-regulate. And I think that's something that um, I'm trying to do daily in my life of self-regulating. And I hope other people are trying to do instead of like seeing something on Instagram or Twitter and laughing or canceling. I think this yeah. is a moment, like I always said, uh, you know, other people have said this as well. No more cancel culture. It should be council culture. Let's get to a place where we're now looking at people and saying, I see what you're doing. I see something's going on. Instead of me trying to cancel you so that we can all just watch the train wreck and think you're going to go away when you're not really going to go away, you're just going to continue the behavior. Let's really get you in the fold and counsel you so you can be better tomorrow, especially when it comes to our babies. 100%.
I get a lot of flack when I'm not readily jumping on the cancel bandwagon mm-hmm. when someone does something, especially when it has to do with race. Yeah. I'm going to take it back to this Chris Harrison thing. You know, I watched it. I saw the whole thing. He was wrong. Rachel Lindsay was held her own, did a damn good job. I take my hat off to her for holding her own because I know exactly where her tone was coming. I knew, oh, I knew those non-verbal cues. <laughs> okay, I, we all saw it. We I, all saw it. I saw those hands go. I saw that pin click like this. I was like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. She in church. She's in church. She cannot go off on this man. She's at her job. And okay. if she would go off on Chris Harrison, this would not end. This, not, well, this would not end well for her. So I know where she was. Mm-hmm. And I also knew where Chris Harrison was. I saw Chris Harrison and I thought to myself, when everybody was saying we should cancel Chris, Chris Harrison, my take was, Chris, welcome to the classroom. Please take a seat. Let us educate you. Yeah, yeah. And you, you know, you and I hold that same um, feeling on that. We try to invite people in and really talk to them to have deeper conversations about their actions and encourage them to educate themselves. And, but I also, what I've learned, especially through being canceled myself for having that exact behavior with somebody, you know, who's in the Trump administration, like for trying to be there to say, let me try to teach them and not, you know, not cancel them. I do understand also, especially when we see things in the news, like, the woman who called the police on the bird watcher in Central Park, her going to a five-day class and saying, I'm better now. Many of us as Black folks, Latino folks, Asian folks right now, which we're not even talking about the, the violence that's going yeah. on. You know, LGBT folks, we're tired of saying, okay, we're going to be the bigger person and we're going to teach you. And so it's figuring out now, and this is where I'm spending a lot of time doing research, trying to figure out what's that balance? What's the place where we can hold someone accountable, give them an opportunity to grow, but also say justice still must be served. How do we yes. find the balance where it's like, I'm not canceling you, but like you must do the work and the must work must be legitimate. And the work can't just be on me teaching you, but I also don't want to cancel you so that you're so turned off that you don't want to do the work because that that's only going to create you to say, well, look, I'm valid in my feelings because look, they don't like me anyway. So let me do what I'm doing. And I think it's a balance right now that, we're working towards, we're figuring out, and we're going to get there. Um, show me the money. That's where I am. Yeah. Show me the money. I want to see you go to the, I want to see you get some diversity training. I also want to see you volunteer and, yeah. and, and really put yourselves in as close of a position with people who have been disenfranchised as possible, but also show me the cash because I want you to donate some of that dough that you have made by being, you know, a privileged white man coming up. Donate some of that dough to make sure that another young man or young woman coming up in this world has the right resources to step out into the world with her best foot forward or his best foot forward. That is it. Listen, you know what? You hit on something that I said a while ago. I was like, every time one of these network executives that are white gets canceled for, you know, during the Me Too movement, whatever, I always said, anytime one comes up that we we acknowledge that has done the wrong, who we're canceling, the network should then hire five women to be put in and say, hey, part of the reparations here is we yeah. know he did wrong. Let's add five in. And I I, I think that's like what you, I love that about what you're saying is like, show me the money. Put the money in, give the dollars to somebody else, give the research to somebody else, 
Yeah. But I think oh, no, all no, of no. that is intertwined of like where we're at now of figuring out what that is. And I think this conversation is going to be a lot different in 10 years because we're starting to learn. We're starting to be a lot more savvier. We're starting to understand. And also, I think a lot of there's a, a movement of people saying, let's not cancel because cancel doesn't do anything. I'm in no. Hollywood and I see these people y'all cancel. Let me tell y'all something. They go right back to their rich house with their rich friends and their rich friends all feel the same way and they continue on with the same BS. When these people on reality shows get caught for, you know, saying things that are racially insensitive or being racist, a lot of times we want to take these people off air and, and not continue the story. I, as a viewer, want to see what happens after somebody publicly says something racially insensitive. I, I, you know what I mean? That, that's what interested me in reality television from back in the day when I was on Real World is that opportunity to be there directly to confront someone and have someone confront me on my things. And I think that's what gets missed sometimes is the confrontation that can be healthy. Because I think right yes. now it's salacious in the fact that it's like confrontation now is scream, scream, scream. You go to your corner, you go to your corner versus you can scream. You can scream, but now you need to calm your voice because now we need to get to a solution and resolution around this. We need to figure out what is going on here. And you're going to have to do the work and you're going to have to do the, be trained and re, re-educate yourself so that things can be different. And I agree with you. Don't take our ass off because all she's going to do again is go right back to those friends. You know what I mean? Like, and they going because then the girl on Bachelor, wasn't she like at some plantation? She was at a plant. She's at Old South, which is, a customary the old town party yes you know i went to lsu you know i'm gonna be honest i went to lsu i graduated high school in 2005 and i graduated college in 2009 and you know i you know i in 2005 would zip them up into their dresses it was this unspoken thing that this was a party for ka and they would invite girls to this party and they would dress in antebellum costumes and my girlfriends who love me and I've served in their weddings and I'm godparents to some of their children went to this party, not going there because they love the rebel flag or thought anything other than this is a costume party. I'm going to go live my best motherfucking life. Ooh, a hot KA asked me to go. I get to get in this dress and be a part of this exclusive thing. So I don't know if, you know, Chris Harrison wrapped his head around this got you know banned in 2016 because of the meaning of it came to light and this girl went in 2018 to a disbarred party so i think that woman needs to answer for going to something that she knew was wrong because they they canceled the party because of this i think in chris harrison's mind because he didn't experience it and because he hasn't never been in rachel Lindsay's shoes I think he was getting defensive because Chris Harrison is a part of and is the face of the Bachelor franchise. Yeah. So I think he took it the wrong way and then showed his showed his ass. Showed his ass. Showed his ass. But a part of it is I don't even think that I think it's not even just the fact that of him being the face of the Bachelor. I think Chris Harrison has never had to talk about race in the way that you and I have had to talk about race Amen. and had to talk about the trauma and the pain that comes with things that now some some communities have deemed lighthearted parties. You know what I mean? And so I think this was a moment for him to realize like, yes, these girls 
thought this was lighthearted, it got canceled because they woke up and realized, oh, this is wrong. And it's time for you, before you comment on it, to take a moment. And yes. I've met Chris Harrison before, and I don't think his intentions are bad. But again, he needs to really check educate. Himself, which is, educate himself, which he's doing now, which is the beauty of it. You know what I mean? But like for sure. anybody out there that's canceling him, it's not going to do anything. No, and I know. The next, they're going to replace him just for now with whatever they're doing. And then he's going to host the next five seasons or be on the Bachelor Nation spinoff or whatever the case may be. So let's use this opportunity to really educate. That's what it has to be. 100%. Yeah. And you know what? Like we did with Demario and Corinne. We sat our asses for 30 minutes before Bachelor in Paradise started, and we talked about consent. Like, mm -hmm. it was a PDS special. So mm -hmm. you bring that same energy for the Today. women tell all, yeah. and let Chris come sit his ass on his couch and let him talk. Yeah. Bring Iyama on. You want oh, a new audience? Bring, a, get listen, bring Iyanla on. I want to see Iyanla fix Chris Harrison's life. Can we do that? Can At we his do own that? House. At his own house. At his own house. I want to see that. She can go to the bachelor house for all I care. She can go anywhere. I just want to see that. Now that's the spinoff. I want to watch. I just want to. That's a spinoff, by the way. By the way, if y'all don't know who Iyanla is, Iyanla—that's th the one bittersweet guest I have every time because I love when she comes, but I'm so scared she's gonna tap right into my soul. Listen. And the last thing you want to hear from her, if you hear this word from Iyanla, get the fuck up and run, beloved. Beloved, run. Run. We need to, Run. We need to get us a word that says something like, it's like our beloved. So people know. People know. You know what I mean? This is going to be our little word. We got to figure out what it is. Beloved. Beloved. It was great talking to you. We love you here at Just the Sip. We always have the best time. And we only want the best for you. You know, I love you and I can't wait to see you. You guys, thanks for listening. And do not forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And you can follow me at The Lady Sitter and be sure to come back every week for another pour of your favorite celebrity. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.